the city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, Mr. Yes. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Exactly. Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Can we get a cup of coffee in here, please? You're listening to the Hoffy Coffee Cast. With Reese Bolton and Reese Jones. Come on, get some coffee. You want some coffee? Okay, this guy needs coffee and cooler stuff. Damn good coffee and hot. So, what are you up to this uh, Halloween weekend? Um, I'm not gonna lie, it's gonna be quite boring. Like, it's gonna be quite quiet. We've got uh, like a long. Not, you're going out. It's not quiet. Yeah. You're going out. It's, it's not... <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be like Sunday though, cause, so it'd be a bit like. Mm. And I, I haven't taken the Monday off because uh, we're going we're oh. to go away, aren't we? So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, my um, so I'm I'm like the stereotypical like last minute uh, Halloween costume. I'm doing uh, Clark Kent Superman. So you know, just as like he's like pulls open his shirt and he's got like the Superman sort of like logo and stuff. Imagine you go there and everyone's literally dressed as Squid Game characters and you're the only Superman there, and they look yeah. Like, that, that's Lol. my um my horror because like um people I'm going with like um they didn't want to do it because they thought like everyone's gonna do Squid Game, but it, it's so tempting because um where I work in Cardiff um you know you have like those street vendors and like they sell like well you see like on on, on game days they sell like scarves or hats of like the the players you know, and all like the teams playing well yeah. now like they're selling um the the pink soldier masks from squid game and it's just so tempted honestly like i'm so tempted just to like do that but yeah i mean i'm doing clark kent so that'd be, oh, that'd be fair fun. enough or oh, i'm gonna be staying in and just watching horror films or playing horror games yeah be, boy. like it's weird because like i it, it's like I hate when people knock on the door, so yeah. I'm just going like leaving a bunch of sweets out in the in the porch and be like, you know, take them, and also could COVID <laughs> just take like, them, and also could COVID because they're, more, they're going to be like dishing out sweets to a lot of hands and stuff. Yeah, yeah. and it's just going to be like, oh, you know, if you have COVID, well, shit. <laughs> I'm not, <Yeah. laughs> either I'm, I am double vaccinated. Um, yeah, because I mean, like last year it didn't happen, did it? So no, no, no. Um, but I think it's going to be this evening. It's going to be people trick or treating, and then on Sunday tomorrow, people are going to be trick or treating as well. So it's just going to be two boatloads of people. Oh yeah, um, it's, it's going to be tonight actually. Isn't it? Like um, mm. anybody that doesn't know, like we're recording on the thirtieth, so it's Christmas. It's Christmas. It's a Halloween Eve. Yeah, and this episode is going to be released on November the first. So it's like yeah, a bit late for uh, Halloween. November first but... is All Saints Day, I think, isn't it? In the Christian calendar, I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. And now, and then, and after that, after that, then it's coming up to uh, Thanksgiving for yeah. our American cousins. Happy and Thanksgiving, then, and then some Black Friday bash. Ooh, um, yeah, get some uh, good deals in. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so should we just say, like, you know, we won't be able to do an episode next week? Ah, uh, yeah, we talked about it before, like, yeah, so me and um, me and uh we are going to Dublin for like uh, a holiday well for like a city break because we kind of need it um I haven't been away since 2018 in Morocco like abroad Same. 
Well, well, um, not Morocco. Damn, the last time I went away was um, bloody hell. I can't even remember the last time I was away. I was, I was thinking we should do more city breaks when we're yes. working. Like, because, like, even if we go on the Friday and come back on the Sunday, that'd be good. Because yeah, yeah. that would take one one day off work and stuff. Yeah. And then... I mean, even if you took, like, I don't know, like, domestic flights, like, I, I've always wanted to do something like Edinburgh or Glasgow. Yeah, that'd be good, yeah. 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 I mean, like, London maybe, but it's just, like, I don't know. It or feels like is... you need, like, a good old weekend just to, like, see, like, a lot or, of London. Like, Paris or something, you know. Ooh, yeah, Paris. Paris expensive, but you can do a lot in Paris in, like, yeah. in a couple of days. Um, yeah, oh, well, we pla- but yeah, we're going to Dublin. We're going to drink a lot of Guinness. Uh, hopefully, the weather's good. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, <laughs> There's going to be yeah. um, an Irish game on actually when we're there. Oh, which one? Uh, so it's rugby. Um, it's going to be Ireland versus Japan. Is that home or away? Um, oh, hell, um, I'm not sure. Uh, I'll look it up real quick. But, what uh, day is that? Saturday or the Friday? Uh, Saturday. Okay, okay. Well, we do a lot of our drinking on the Friday anyway. Yeah. I've, I've heard um, like people, like obviously like in my family, that have been there, like the, uh, the Guinness factory is very cool. Yeah. You go to... Well, I had the option of either eat, drinking, like you can drink outside in like this little yard, or you can yeah. drink um, up top of the skyline, but it's That's like four it. yeah. euro more to drink on the skyline. I'm just yeah. like, yeah, just go full in. So, so I, I just looked it up. Apparently, yeah, it's, it's playing in uh, the Aviva Stadium in Dublin on Saturday. Right, so it's gonna be quite busy. Yeah, I think I think it'd be it'd be quite cool though. I mean, I don't yeah, see us yeah. sort of like staying in Temple Bar like the whole time. No, no, no. But there's other places we can go to as well. Yeah, I think we, um, I, I think it'd be fun. I'm and I mean, also, and I mean, also, you and the other others. I don't know when P- Patrick's flights are. I don't know if he's booked in it yet, uh, um, <laughs> but I know the I know we're going to be going quite later on on a Sunday. So I mean, it's not far to get to the air to the airport, and we can just go around and do a bit of shopping or something like that. You know, yeah, on a cool. Sunday, yeah, a bit of souvenirs. I don't I don't want to spend like ten hours in the airport oh, God, waiting no. for a flight. Remember that? Uh, yeah, Krakow? that was awful. Damn, yeah. And like, remember, like the, the Wi-Fi, like you needed every like fifteen minutes, you needed to reconnect. Yeah, that was that was it, like my it was all. It was, it was like, all. I like, I was like, I was thinking, like, I should go to sleep, and there's no point. Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't sleep well. Like, if it's like like that, like yeah, like it's not like your sanctum, isn't it? Like you're just in like a random airport with like those like god awful like strip. I was watching. I was watching like PewDiePie videos. I don't know why. I was just so bored. PewDiePie. Oh, no, I was reading Game of Thrones, <laughs> and then I was like, I, I can't read Game of Thrones because I'm too tired. I need something that's like not doesn't need my concentration. So I just yeah. chucked on some like YouTube videos. Yeah, um, enough of that actually. Uh, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Topic Coffee Cast, where we talk everything film, TV, video games, and conspiracy theories. I'm your host Reese Bolton, and I'm your host Reese Jones. And today uh, we are going to talk about one of the great horror comedy classics. Came out in the nineteen eighties, well, both of them actually. Which is and a new one's coming out uh, very soon. Is talking about the Ghostbusters series, Ghostbusters one and two, in preparation for Ghostbusters Afterlife, which will be coming out in cinemas, I think in November. So um, yeah, 
apparently it's got all right reviews actually. Um, people saying it's very nostalgic. This new one, uh, it hits the right tone. So um, yeah, I'm looking. Well, that'd be good. Um, so yeah, we uh, talk about Ghostbusters and all that, and talk about like how just revolution. I would say revolutionary, but like how it really became such a cult classic and a well, nostalgic like, movie of the eighties. W- would you call it a cult classic? Like I'd uh, say, like it's just a, a down, a, just like. I don't know, just a bog standard, just a classic. Like it, it epitomizes the eighties, you know, with like something as iconic as yeah. Ghostbusters by uh, Ray Parker Jr. Yeah, I, like, I think I think it's both. Things are cult yeah. classic, and it's a classic in itself. Yeah, um, I say like it's it's got like a very strong fan base of like cult like followers. That's, yeah, that's the wrong yeah. term to use, but you know what I mean, like like fans. Yeah. It's got a yeah. big fan base. Yeah, like people who like will will memorize the entire script and like yeah. they always dress up as like um the, the Ghostbusters for Halloween. Yeah, yeah, topical. But um, I don't know. Don't you think it's really weird, right? Maybe it's maybe just me. Um, when you think of like the stereotypical like eighties film, it's always set like nineteen eighty four, which Ghostbusters was released in, and it's just got that like um the vein of like you know, um. That that really cool like comedy like that Ivan Reitman sort of like yeah yeah touch. and I don't know like that sort of like a bit of like um, politics or like well I mean like one of the antagonists in this like um, Walter Peck like he works for like the Environmental Protection Agency yeah well and you we, know like environmentalism was like that really yeah. sort of like well, um, prevalent at that time well we'll we'll, we'll go on to talk about those themes yeah. when we discuss the movie. Um, but um yeah, but uh, obviously uh, I'm uh, you can find us on Instagram, Instagram dot com slash coffee coffeecast among the main accounts at uh, box ninety seven and Reese Jones. Uh we're also on Facebook at the Hoffee Coffee Cast and on Twitter at the Hoffee Coffee Cast. Give us both a like, a follow, a share or a review. We much appreciate it and help us give out more content on films, TV video games and conspiracy theories to our followers and our listeners. So yeah. uh, today we've also got, also got to say we've got some news as well. Uh, Do news, Witcher news and Eternals news. So we'll cover that before we delve into uh, Ghostbusters. So um, I think the big the hell of elephant in the room we're going to talk about today is I'll say Dune 2 confirmed part two. I'm not um, going to lie. I think it's, it was a foregone conclusion. I think it was. I think it was inevitable. It's gonna. I think it was already planned. To be honest, I think they already greenlit it. They just wanted a huge kind of fan base. Uh, yeah, they, they needed released. like momentum, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, not not momentum, but sort of like um, for the hype to pay off, and for then like, well, obviously, good reviews to come in. Not just good reviews, but Dune Part One has garnered critical acclaim. You know, people, <laughs> including ourselves, are saying with the definitive like uh, conviction that Dune is probably one of the most beautiful, one of the most well-made science fiction films of this century. It is. It, it is fantastic. Well, yeah. we, we, in our in our last podcast, we were sort of um, raining praise on uh, Denny Villeneuve and and the film. So. Yeah, it is obvious that they're going to do it. I think it's obvious they're going to do Dune Messiah to follow on from it. I think that's just a natural trilogy to do. Yeah, I'm I'm already hyped. And I haven't seen anything to do with Dune Part 2. And I think, obviously, 
Um, that's well, it's, it's basically going to be coming out scheduled release in October 2023. So we've got two years to wait. Villeneuve, I think he's done the script, but he hasn't started um, filming yet. And apparently, like, filming won't take place until like later on 2022. Okay, um, yeah. But we also have got that Ben Gesserit TV show. Um, which, yeah, I, uh, I'm wondering Villeneuve, how that's going to fit into it. Whether it's going to be like a prequel thing. I think it's going to be a prequel, and I yeah. think it's going to be a lot of the prelude novels that are going to be put in there yeah. as well. Maybe like um, it'd be good as like a companion piece to explain about like the um, the Kwisatz Haderach like law. Yeah, like, explain yeah. like for and, and then I, it's good because then they haven't got to have the main films as like the vehicle for delivering that law. I think it'd be very good to sort of offload all of that like very um um you know, like very turgid, very like heavy sort of law just to offload it. I think I think it's a very cool de- uh, decision. And it, it seems like that's what a lot of franchises are doing nowadays. You know, they're just like expanding into the sort of like streaming services or into the um, the miniseries sort of avenue. I can't wait. Yeah, it's fantastic. I think I'm definitely going to watch this, this TV show. Especially, yeah, yeah. well, we haven't got much on it. We haven't got a cast yet. We haven't got like... Well, Denny needs to be um, a producer, aren't he? Oh, he's an executive producer. Oh, yeah, he is. So Fantastic. He's, it's going to have his kind of vision be lapped around this, really. Yeah. Well, that, got... that aesthetic, you know, the, the mm. sort of um, Blade Runner 20, um, 2049 sort of um, aesthetic. Yeah. God, I love that aesthetic so much. <laughs> but no, yeah. this almost like so... cyberpunk Awesome. No, but this film has done so well in the the box office, especially on HBO Max as well. Yeah, and I'm just looking forward to it. Um, the cast, obviously, uh, it's going to mean some new cast they're going to announce probably in the next couple of months. Um, obviously, you know that Timothy Chalamet is going to return, Rebecca Ferguson, um, Zendaya, uh, Javier Bardem are going to be returning. So I'm looking forward to this. Um, I think, yeah, it just, it you know, it. I feel like if this film didn't do well, you're just left with a half a book done of a film. You're pretty much yeah, left yeah. half a film done. I, I really don't like to sort of, like, speculate about that. That That, that is, like, the darkest timeline to quote yeah. the community. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm so happy that it delivered. Yeah. Because you can tell, like, from watching, like, I, I think I, um, I forwarded one of the sort of, like, behind-the-scenes clips to you. You yeah. see uh, Denny... Um, and you see his passion for the, for the project, and like how how closely he worked with the actors as well to work on the characters, how to tra- um, how to translate the book characters. Because if you if you ever read Zune or, or tried to, in my case, it's very um, dense, d- densely. Um, it's just so much like development of the characters and translating that onto the screen was definitely a labor of Hercules, and yeah, done it so yeah. well. Yeah, definitely, and especially for me reading the book as well. It's the first half is usually a lot of world building, yeah, and as well as story. But the story yeah. really doesn't kick off until the second half. Yeah, but Neve knew really he manages to build the world while also, um, you know, bring some action and some story yeah. into it as well. It's it's yeah, it's. I mean, there's there's rumors that if there is an extended cut, the three hours. I've heard of this. Yeah, I've heard of that, but. Finn who said that. this doesn't exist, so I'm just oh, confused what's going. They said I think the they will. About the Snyder Cut. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, but this is Vinu saying there's no extended cut. Oh, Whether that's no. actually true or not, never seen I, ever. Then I mean, there was a scene where Gurney's playing the bagpipes. Or what yeah, was, oh no, no also, not the bagpipes. The um, the ballast set. The ba- yeah, ballast set. Yeah. And there's also a scene where there is the feast scene, which is quite like it's right. just kind of like introducing to other like yeah. minor characters. The um, a bit the, more the, scene the, in the sort of um, the therapeutic bath with the Baron. I think that was cut down a bit because in the in the um. Uh, trailers, or oh, was it the trailers or like the featurettes? The the um the take when he says you know kill kill all the Fremen. They used the different take that was in the trailer. Yeah, and if I'm to be honest, I preferred the one in the trailer. Yeah, I know, I know, the, I know the one. Do you know what I'm on about? Like it was, yeah, a, it was, a, it was a front shot. Whereas in the film, the final cut was um uh, a shot of the back of the Baron's head, which I I wasn't that fussy on. A tiny thing, you know that that's like a little bit of critique, but um, I, I I would love that honestly. I I would that would be a very cool cinematic experience. No, definitely. Uh, I'm just yeah. I, I guess I can't wait. It's my favorite film this year. Definitely, yeah. And you know, without doubt. Well, well, well. It's your favorite film of this year until you see Venom Two. Well, I, I, well, wow! Venom two, nah, mate. I'm waiting for uh, Matrix Revolutions. That's I gonna mean, be my best. Look film at this, here. right? Denny Villeneuve is good and all, but have you seen Andy Serkis's direction? <laughs> have you seen Venom in a, in the rave? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's loads of memes about that. Like, it's so oh. meme. Um, speaking of something, it's actually a meme as well. We talk okay. about. Uh, we've got to talk about the Buzz Lightyear trailer. That oh, dropped. right. Yeah. Um, I'm Maybe I'm, like, too uh, nostalgic for, um, <laughs> for sto- Toy Story. But I always preferred Buzz over Woody. So I'm really hyped for, for Lightyear. I'm not going to lie. I'm really... And ironically, I'm hyped. It's like... I, I think some people are going to get confused by what this plot's about. It isn't... This isn't Buzz Lightyear, it's a toys. It is his origin, but it's about the guy that is model that becomes the toy. Uh, um, my headcanon is, do you know in like the first Toy Story where like the new exciting toy is Buzz Lightyear? It's, it's almost like it's a marketing of like in that, in the Toy Story world, this new and exciting yeah. like sci-fi film called Lightyear's come out and all of the toys are just like the marketing sort of thing for it. That's my head cannon. I mean, you see, like in the end of like the trailer, he gets like the 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 classic suit. Yeah, uh, is it, like, yeah, like the, the power armor sort of thing. Um, and they, they don't really show a lot of uh, Chris Evans' voice performance. Do you notice that? I think they're just trying to they're trying to save up. To be honest, get... who is the guy that voices him in Toy Story? Tim Allen. Tim Allen, right? Why didn't they get him back? I think it. I think because, as again, this is based on the person that that Buzz Lightyear toy designed out of. Okay. It's his story. Yeah. So you can't really... And Tim Ann's a bit older, so I think they're trying to separate uh, the product yeah. from the actual character. Maybe so, like they're trying to do a Han Solo of like, casting a younger actor to, to portray a younger Buzz as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like this, obviously, said, this, this is just... This is like uh, Action Man, if where Action Man was based on that is 
like yeah. this story. God, um, action man, that's a blast yeah, from the past. That's blast from the past, yeah. Um, but I mean, look, looking for it, they really chatted up um, the Lightyear character. <laughs> Honestly, means... do the aesthetic. Did it remind you of like Halo? Like I the, did. the whole like it, UNSC sort of like aesthetic. It, it did. It did. It was so cool. Like mm. in Halo Reach, where like you you're in that jet and you go into the atmosphere. It mm. was so it was so cool. And like on it, it looks really grimy. It looks really gritty. For like something yeah. like a Disney film, it looks quite cool, honestly. It's gonna it, it, it adds such like the Martian vibe to it as well. Yeah. Just, maybe I, we're I gonna have like, a lot of go, yeah, like a lot of humor in it as well. A lot of references, maybe it's, just to trust one. Like as well? there was that like faux outrage because the Martian was nominated for um a comedy uh, for at the Oscars. It was nominated for best comedy and not best um science fiction. Best drama. Uh, best drama, sorry, yeah. Do you remember that? It was like the 2016, 2017 Oscars. I think something. there was a bit of comedy in it. Oh, it's very light. Yeah, but like, you know, must, you know it wasn't like I don't know, you know. <laughs> there was, it was, yeah. I think I don't know. It, I don't know why there was backlash. I mean, if you put Shinder's list as comedy, <laughs> then that 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 would be backlash in itself. But like, um, but I don't know why there was backlash with the Martian being a comedy. Because oh, comedies are, wasn't it? Like Vice was like a comedy, and that was a really good film. Exactly like, right, and that's more of a political thriller or political drama. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, it's it's weird. I don't like the whole. Ed, the you know, ghost. you know why the, uh, Vice was nominated as a comedy? What because, because the, Adam McKay and Adam yeah, McKay but, does but also a there are funny moments in Vice as well. Oh yeah, but just because the film's funny, just as you said, like. You use the analogy of uh, Schindler's List just because a film might have, say, a joke in it. Yeah, doesn't mean it's comedy. Yeah, yeah, but it's it. I, d- I don't like how they split now with the Golden Globes with drama and comedy. I think they all oh, together just... in some way. They're just behind bit, the times. It, it's a bit outdated. But yeah, every year there's issues with the, especially like with the Oscars or say the Golden Globes. There's always there's always issues. Yeah, well, I, I, I never really take you know those for like granted. Well, um, that's a Buzz Lightyear trailer. We haven't had much of a cast for this film, but that, that will come out as the film Chris goes Evans, on. Chris I think, is the only big one yet, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, next thing we're going to talk about is um, another trailer. It's the Witcher Season 2 trailer. The main trailer was dropped. There was a big Witcher kind of... Not a Witcher con, but it was kind of like a Witcher kind of... Just an event, event online, live event, yeah. Where they release a post to release more like kind of information about the characters. Uh, really, we got a trailer, and I like the trailer, but I'm not gonna lie, Kanye West does, does not go well with any trailer. Yeah, um, it didn't gel with me. Yeah. When Assassin's Creed, when I, it was, I was like the first to say, trailer, yeah. it just doesn't work, and it, it I don't know, it, it doesn't. The Kanye West music doesn't go well as trailers. That's my opinion. Maybe, maybe power will. But uh, maybe no, something like yeah. uh, Runaway because the Runaway you have that kind of instrumental playing in, in in the beginning. Yeah. Um, which is which is um, always quite that's, that's always such a good song. Um, but I mean, apart from that, the trailer I liked it. Um, still, we just adding a bit. We don't. It's just like snippets from scenes, don't don't we? Aren't they? Yeah, we and just get like anecdotal sort of like action and, and like. Well, dramatic moments. There's no I mean, like plot and that um, established there. Yeah. But I think it's kind of like 
for the non kind of normal fans, they would be kind of like, oh, one one door's gonna be happening. But for the book readers, you know that oh, okay, this is what it's gonna be and stuff. Because once you see um the beast uh, uh-huh. yeah. scene and um and you know the, the spirit, I can't remember what it was the spirit in the courtyard. You know what what part of story yeah. that's from in the books. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. Nilfgaard and armor just looks so sick. Um, there was there was literally showing more than Nilfgaard and armor oh, so in the so trailers. You, that you didn't notice the the ball sack armor. No, they've got with the ball sack armor this <laughs> time. Um, <laughs> what a terrible design choice! Exactly. exactly. You know what um, my head cannon is for that. What? That's not the traditional Nilfgaard armor because they are the advanced force. So they were trying to like confuse their enemies. So by dressing <laughs> in like different armor, that's my head cannon. For They're like the, to beta, the beta Nilfgaardian soldiers. <laughs> beta Nilfgaardians. So they they they, <laughs> yeah. they, 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 they get all the sh- you know when, when you get in the armor, yeah. you're like, oh, what is this? It's like, oh yeah, you I, get I that. I really hope they, um, they give Kahia more uh, characterization in this. I think they will. They will. In the in the book, like we we don't really meet him properly, like until a couple of books in. It's really strange why they've been, they they put him in so early. Well, they're setting him up as a big villain right now, aren't they? Yeah, like he's going to yeah. be like the villain of the Guardians. Um, also, as well as we can have Yennefer's storyline as well. I don't know what's happened with that. I'm really Gail, I'm really happy with what they did in season one. So I, I'm really looking forward to hers. Actually, yeah, Gail, we're gonna get. Um, the whole thing with Siri. That's gonna probably be the main. That's gonna be the main like storyline of this season. We've had some monster, um, you know, some monster references being shown, and you're like, oh, I remember that from the games. I remember that from the books. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I, I, I did. I don't know where to say this. I, I don't. Know, is this common knowledge that the Wild Hunt's gonna be in it, or is that just? Is that something that nobody actually knows about? Yeah, so um, most people know the Wild Hunt as the main antagonist of The Witcher 3 uh, and and The Witcher 1, I believe. But um, uh, I think they'll start dropping hints now because um, in the books, the Wild Hunt, essentially, they are um, uh, like an invading force, like an advanced force from the, like a different world, from the world of the uh, the elves. Yeah. The different elves than the one we see in in, uh, the continent. But they're like a, a more arrogant and more like dark elf sort of race. Mm. They call the NL, the people of the Alders. But um, I, I, I don't really think they should yet. Maybe like drop some hints or like they see it like in a book. So it's like a really I'm... niche reference that only like big fans will get. Do you know what I think? It's just going to be one scene. It's going to be one scene. It's going to be like in a vision of Siri. Yeah, and that's going to be it. But I expect I would like to see a bit of a them show it in this trailer, just kind of like get that reference because I I want to see what. Yeah, I I I, I really disagree because like do you know stuff like that where like we get one scene that really pisses me off that when we actually see her in the show, it's just one isolated scene that they just like they just blue in the trailer like why well, why would you like to blow it oh, honestly well everything's going to be in this prequel series as well blood origin so he's going to have probably a more uh role in bigger role than that so maybe this yeah. is kind of like a sneak peek of what the wild hunt's going to look like and then because the, they're quite a big bad in the uh the books and the games so um yeah, they, i look forward to it and the, 
it's I uh, mean, I, not just the wild hunt, but like the king of the N elves as well. Oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah, uh, it's a very and they're so powerful. It's going to be great when they finally do that. But set December seventeenth is coming out. I cannot wait. Great Christmas, early Christmas present. Yes, and I cannot wait to to binge the shit out of the show, and also the music as well because the Witcher soundtrack for it, it's one of my favorite uh, soundtracks from any media. Yeah. Um, Absolutely love it. Um, do you know the, the show run? Is it Lauren Hisrick? Yeah, yeah. She I, I, she's done a really good job. Yeah, uh, like well done again for like raising the hype for The Witcher. I follow her on Instagram and Twitter, and yeah. she tweets and she shows us she loves just like the the books. And yeah, the she's characters. really nice. I yeah. know like, there was a bit. Of, like, I think we've talked about this before, but like how there was a bit of like uh, she's a bit of an SJW and all that shit, but like. You can tell, like, she loves, like, the, the story. She loves the characters. So, you know, hell to that. Honestly, like, she's the right choice. It's just I a think bunch it's of her base... choice to inject more Jennifer into the story. It's just a bunch of basement trolls. That's basically what it is. Well, yeah, just keyboard warriors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I like it. I mean, Jennifer's such a great um, character. I'm looking well, forward to seeing her. I'd say she was more. a stronger character in the first one than Geralt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But their their characters all kind of you know it's not just the story about girls but Jennifer and yeah well that was good didn't it by by the end remember like mm. the, the the symbols sort of like melded together so it was oh, um, yeah Siri Geralt and Jennifer oh, pretty I cool can't, I cannot wait so um last piece of news before we go into Gospel, Ghostbusters is early reviews for Eternals so Eternals obviously the next movie set in the MCU is coming out. Next Friday, I think, in cinemas. Um, yeah, that's right. But it's... I think it's the 6th in uh, the UK. It's the 5th, because it usually comes oh, out on okay. the 5th. But it is the most, the lowest rated film in the MCU on Rotten Tomatoes at, what is that? 60%. Wow. So I, I, I saw it at uh, 66. It's gone down. It's gone down, yeah. Wow. So critics are very mixed about this film. Um I don't know what the fan think. We'll get to see. We haven't seen it, have we? So, like, anything you say is, is like, obviously preliminary. But this this obviously breaks the idea that critics always give MCU films the best scores because this is not the case. I mean, but has there ever been a case where they've given um, the direction to a Best Picture winner at the Oscars to a Marvel film? This is the first instance, so I think it's quite isolated as an example. Um, I think there was a lot of hype because people saw Nomadland, um, Chloe Zhao, um, I'm talking about, and people saw that and they were very impressed with their direction. And the initial trailer of uh, The Eternals was very pretty. You know, it was, it was very like cool looking, um, and it was like the cast was like very cool. I'm looking forward to um, what's his name, uh, Kumal Nanjiani. I'm looking forward to him, especially. Um, but I don't know, like, with, with anything, like, there was massive hype. And when you just doesn't seem to deliver, I mean, this is this is critics, obviously. Um, is it anything to do with the audience score or is it just the critics? No, they, they don't with the audience score until the film actually comes out. Huh. But I mean, um, I never look at the critics score. If I see a film I want to watch, I'll watch it. But, like, I've, I've been reading articles from other ones, like The Guardian, which is usually an okay kind of... Well, my yeah. dad reads The Guardian for reviews and stuff. 
the Guardian, like you have always have a different bunch of um critics, like reviewing the same film. But the latest one, they reviewed it two stars out of five. Ooh, um, okay. Uh, but I've, uh, the, the way I'm looking at it, it said that there's always gripe that it is a really good film, but it it'd be good for me wasn't a Marvel film. Um, I think it's something very new, and I think the problem is you are delving into all these different types of characters and this big story that's going to span generations for history. And you've got to delve into like characterization of each of the Eternals uh, people, and mm-hmm. it's apparently it's exposition heavy. Oh, oh okay. And it's a, I think the the running time is quite a lot, for, especially for you know like in Avengers. Um, oh, what to call it? Infinity War was shorter than the rest, hundred fifty six minutes. Really? Yeah, and it's. Oh, no. I mean, that's that's the length of Dune. The first one, so but I don't know. Dune was enjoyable though, so he just like flew I just by. I just don't know if this is going to be a really a big bore because it's going to be exposition heavy. Oh, I really, no. I really don't know what, but it's. I'm still going to see it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still keeping my trend with um, <laughs> watching every Marvel film in the cinema. I mean, we'll have to review it, so we'll have to see it first. <laughs> yeah, here we go. From this is from Slate Magazine. Marvel's new movie is a disaster of intergalactic proportions. Wow. Um, Not mincing their words, damn. Yeah. It's... Like like this, right? I'm going to go in with like an open mind. Even like if it's not the greatest film, I like it because it looks like it's like, you know, it has that sort of like signature Marvel like uh, levity. The cast like looks awesome, as I said, but... Um, I don't know. I just what's what's the plot? They got to save the world from like um, deviant, yeah, yeah, like bog standard CGI villain, you know. So uh, Eternals was uh, Mr. CNPC. Eternals was ambitious and refreshingly diverse, but it's other stuff in the snooze. <laughs> oh, no. So yeah, I I, I want to see what it's like. I mean, I usually listen to a lot of YouTube critics. Okay. Because um, they're kind of like, I mean, some critics, like, they look at films without kind of whole fan style to them. Well, yeah. I rather listen to critics that have got kind of the love of that type of franchise yeah. and see how it makes with them. Because there are some Marvel fan movie critics that are just like, oh, it's, even if it's a bad film, it's such a great Marvel film and stuff like that. Like, I mean, you don't have to give a five star to every Marvel film because you're a Marvel fan. Um, yeah. But I, I'm interested to see this because it's, I mean, I was really hyped for this film. Actually, I don't know. I was a bit kind of unsure about the film, but the problem is this is coming out before Spider-Man, which is kind of like the, the you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's like, I don't know. What, what kind of allegory can I say? It's, it's like digging through a tunnel to get to the gold inside. So, okay. Eternals is kind of like the dirt you have to dig through, and like Spider Man is like the gold you can really get. <laughs> yeah, that, that. I didn't know where you were going then, but yeah, that's it. That's no, it. I, I, was, I was literally just made up on the spot. So, like, oh, yeah, every, out, yeah. everybody wants to see a new Spider Man well, trailer. I get film. the impression, right? Like, this is my thing that I just, I'll need to watch it just in case there's any context for future films. So, yeah, it's like, it's digging through the dirt. Like, <laughs> that sounds so bad, but like, yeah. D- digging through it like a chore to get to like the really good stuff which 
oh, I'm, everyone is frothing at the mouth to get to No Way Home. Especially yeah. with, like, do, do you hear the news? Like, the, the new trailer has been leaked online. Yeah, I'll keep leaking stuff, don't I? Uh, <laughs> I do you reckon they could have released this film after Spider Man? Because then you'll about be done. And then you kind of got a gap then when you can put this film in to take place before Doc Strange, Multiverse, and Madness. Maybe it could work, but I don't know. Maybe it's just the. Maybe it's just like. it's. It, it might tank, to be honest, but. I yeah, maybe they don't have that much. Um... Uh, confident as much as say something like mm. spider-man but then again i think like they spider-man's coming out in december right yeah yeah so like, they wanted a sort of like a christmas sort of like one and what better choice than having spider-man because it's such a fan favorite character oh talk about marvel actually um the okay. the new marvel guardians of galaxy game is really good right okay i've avoided any sort of like reviews it's really good, apparently, and it's yeah. better than Marvel. I'm not a Avengers. fan of the art style, I'm not going to lie. Not a fan of the art style? No. Um, I quite like it. Apparently, the combat's a bit mixed. Yeah. I would like if you played as all the, all the Guardians rather than just Pete Quill. See, that, that's a really weird choice, right? You marked it as the Guardians of the Galaxy, whereas it should be Star-Lord the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it, it's... I mean, this isn't like... Yeah. You can... It's like, I mean, why did they make like an Ultimate Alliance? Like, I I love that game. Like, I think you know, they like, are going to switch Ultimate between Ultimate. the characters. I think they are. Well, they're going to make that that XCOM Marvel games coming next year, which is going to be quite similar to Ultimate Alliance. Yeah, that would so, be absolutely sick. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. Imagine like you can like your team like Ultimate Alliance. You can pick from like a massive roster of the characters. Mm. Obviously, it'd be due to like the limitations of the mechanics of the game. You can only have say. Uh, three or four characters at one time but imagine how sick that would be right you could be you could have spider-man right on the same team with like i don't know groot doctor strange and thor yeah oh my god holy hell that, that that's that's so cool just thinking about it oh yeah that's my like my nostalgia peeking through yet again <laughs> right so um well that's all done then see so, yeah, it eternals Looking, seeing what's going to be like. We are going to review it. Oh, um, uh, yeah. And we'll give you our opinions on that when it comes out. So, about Ghostbusters, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Um, <laughs> I'm afraid no ghosts. Actually, talk about that. Whilst we're talking about ghosts, do you believe in ghosts? Hmm. I think we talked about this before, but I like talking about it. It's quite an interesting cool, topic right? to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, like, do you know the ghost sort of, like, spooky, like, poltergeist sort of thing? Maybe not, mm-hmm. but, um, I don't know. I was, like, fervently sort of, like, anti-sort of, like, religion and stuff, like, years ago. But, like, I don't know. I think, like, there's stuff, like, you know, we can't really comprehend, so maybe. It's, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's not implausible. Right. It's plausible, and it's, like, it's not provable. You know? It's like yeah. beyond that sort of understanding. I mean, the, I don't think the idea of, I mean, I don't know if possession is a, like real because there's sometimes there's a lot of possession is people who've actually got health issues, but obviously back then they didn't know what to do. So they kind yeah. of, well, like, oh, he's possessed diagnosis. by the devil and stuff like that, you know. But with normal ghosts, like 
when I see ghosts, I think of like spirits that like, you know, knock on walls or move furniture around and stuff. Yeah. Or like someone like an uh, apparition you see like in the corner of your room. Yeah. Uh, I think most ghosts are harmless, to be honest. Uh, maybe you have like quite a violent ghost in certain places, but I think also the idea would go like I I personally think there is something with ghosts. I think it's there's a lot there's there's a lot of things in this world we don't truly understand, and it's like with aliens as well. I do feel like there is something there. Um, I don't want to say like oh it doesn't exist at all. Yeah. Um, but I know that maybe what could happen is, for example. I associate ghosts also going to these very haunted places, like the Tower of London and stuff like that. Um, even just Margaret Castle by me is, has got ghosts and stuff. But it could always be like a story someone conjured up to kind of, you know, around the campfire and then it became well known. And then people go to these places and they want to see a ghost. So maybe their mind plays tricks them and conjures up an image or something there. That you believe it to be real, but it's kind of like your mind trying to search for an answer. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, I it's very, it's very psychological. Have and... you heard of the term uh, pareidolia? Yeah, yeah, pareidolia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, so like it's... The, the mind will make patterns where there aren't any. Yeah. So like the man in the moon is a very famous one. Yeah, the man in the moon is a bit. There's yes, nothing I... there, but because the mind wants to make a pattern, it sees a face in the moon. Yeah. The more and you I mean, know. As I said, some people, a lot of the ghosts that people talk about are always people that never seem to like go, like die peacefully. Um, yeah, like, always like kind of some sort death. of violent death to it, or like mm. it's like it's like the way like haunting is like a purgatory for them. Um, yeah, like they, they they haven't passed on to. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, but I I think it's so interesting. I mean, I would love to see a ghost. Um, some people I've known has basically seen ghosts, um, but I think when you see it, it I don't know. I'd love to see it from my own eyes, and whether it's true or not. Yeah, well, again, yeah, like seeing is believing, isn't it? Yeah, but then again, it's like if you hear it from other people, it could just be a trick of their mind. Or mm. just, you know, for example, saying that, like, oh, you know, this guy died here, he got shot, like, by an old groundskeeper in this spot, and people are like, oh, his ghost is, like, going to be around and stuff like that, very gothic. And then it develops, and then people actually start thinking, oh, I've seen it, I've seen him. And then it becomes kind of, like, like well-known kind of law that when people go there, they think there's a ghost, whilst it could just be somebody just making up a, a story. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, oh, don't don't go in my back garden. There's like, you know, a, a terrifying creature down there. You know, it's like, oh, you know, it's like, don't go under the bridge. There's a troll under there or something like that. You know, it's just kind of like stories to scare people's little children. Yeah. Um, like, not parables, like sort of like... No. Um... What do they call it? Like cautionary tales. That's, yeah. that's the term. Yeah. But what but also with, with ghosts, I don't think they can be sucked into some vacuum like the Ghostbusters do, so <laughs> God. It's kind of pretty much like a vacuum. So mm. uh we talk about Ghostbusters nineteen eighty four. Uh as we said earlier, it is a classic, one of the great eighties classics. Um 
yeah, it was really popular back then. There was so much merchandise, getting way to an animated series, and then obviously led to a sequel. We'll talk about the sequel later on, but first let's talk about the first one. So, um, I remember watching Ghostbusters when I was quite younger. It was kind of like one of those films that was like on, I don't know, like, you know, like Film 4 or yeah. up on ITV, and you you were like, oh, what's this? And then you watch it. And then, like, my dad will remember it. So he would tell me what it's about. And I got into it. And I was like, oh, this yeah. is just a, like, a kind of like a Goonies kind of film, really. <laughs> Something yeah. for the kids and stuff like that. Um, I didn't know much about the actors, like Bill Murray. I know he's quite, like, you know, still big now. But in the 80s, he was, like, I think at his peak, in my opinion. Um, but, I mean, obviously, I first got introduced to Gurney Weaver in this film before a new alien. Really? And I, I was in, my, in my opinion, she is better in those films, in Alien and Aliens, than it is in this films. I've kind of got a issue with her character. Well, well um, in this, I think, you know, she, she she's aware of what kind of character she's playing, you know? Yeah, I know. But I, I don't know, like, no one's really talked about it, but I, maybe because it's kind of watching her character and then watching what came after, what aliens came, which came after, and then what alien, which came before. It's kind of like she becomes like a damsel in distress in, in those two films, and it's just, I don't know, doesn't suit, especially how she's such a badass in Alien Aliens. Like, it, I, I, that, that's, my, that's my opinion. I just think that, like, Dana Barrett is just, uh, just a damsel in distress, really, for Bill Murray's character to save. Yes. Um I mean, it is meant to be a sort of like you know a, a fantasy sort of like film, you know, like an adventure film, isn't it? But with like yeah. sort of like a supernatural twist. Um, yeah, I mean, Sigourney Weaver, like you know, she she's made a sort of like a career like starring in sort of like um, science fiction or like fantasy sort of films, you know, like definitely well most well known for doing those sort of films, and. Um, I don't know. I, I just think she she was a she was a witch. Like she was in on the joke, you know. Like this is like she's like a straight uh, character as well, right? So like all the sort of like jokes, like you know, um, <laughs> Venkman trying to just like sleep with her. Like she's not having any of it. Yeah. Oh, bloody hell! Just you know, she, she doesn't want to do it like at all. And like you got um, Rick Moranis' character like trying to uh, like <laughs> get with the. She, you know, she's she's not taking any of it. She's like the strictest character in this, maybe except for um, oh damn, um, you know, for Spengler. Spengler is like the prop, like straight man of the. Yeah. yeah. Uh, would you say him or Zedmore is more like the straight man? Um, I think Egon Spengler is more the hmm. straight man, to be honest, because he, he's like the the sort of like you know Kowalski analysis. You know, he's like the cold sort of like. The rational thinking one. Well, they all got really different types. I think. I think the. I think Zenimo is the most normal owl. Yeah, he's the everyman, isn't he? Yeah, yeah and they're all just a bunch of bizarre. Yeah. But well, it, it all works. It all what, works what, well. What did he say? What, what's the joke? Um, one sec. He says. Um, he says something, doesn't he? Damn it! Um, when he's being interviewed for the job. And, oh yeah, I I'll believe anything if it's a good pay or something like it's that. It's got a steady paycheck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like I like it. That's it's just like that kind of that humor. Um, 
So yeah, so this was directed by Ivan Reitman, who did a Ooh, lot of comedies in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, the uh, Stripes, love uh, Stripes, a lot of arty comedies. Some of them a bit really cringe, like <laughs> Twins, Junior, Kindergarten Cop. Uh, he, also, he obviously did Ghostbusters one and Ghostbusters two. Uh, this is written by Dan Aykroyd and Harold uh, Ramis. Uh, obviously, they play Ray yeah. Stance and Egon Spengler. Dan Aykroyd, he was a. I remember him being on Joe Rogan, and he was he was talking about like how he's just him and his family and like big kind of like believers in spirituality. Yeah, so, well, um, uh, damn, what his grandfather or something was, um, damn it, he was like a big like spiritualist, you know, like a, an occultist. Yeah, yeah, and he, he was in correspondence with um, Arthur Conan Doyle, the the writer of Sherlock Holmes. That's because he. Uh, we've seen that really famous photo of like the the little girl and she's surrounded by fairies. Yeah, that's creepy. Arthur Conan Doyle, he he put loads of money into investigating that picture to see if he could find the fairies. Did he find the fairies? Yeah. <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> that's an inspiration to write um, the greatest detective, would not he? So. I mean, well, he, he, well, he told me that picture inspired him to watch Sherlock Holmes. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> but, like, it's really weird how, like, yeah, Dan Aykroyd like, wanted to write, like, this sort of, like, um, you know, Ghost Hunters. This sort of, like, I don't know. How, how would you describe it? Sort of, like, um, pest. Look at how they dress, right? They're pest control, but they're going after spirits and ghouls and, and whatnot. Mm. It's cool, like, right? Exterminator yeah. outfits and stuff. Yeah, exterminators, yeah. And and they, what did what did they want to be called? Um, because there was a show at the time uh, called Ghostbusters, they didn't know whether they could use it, so they were called Ghost Smashers, I believe. I'm not sure. And they changed to the Ghostbusters. Yeah, there's like a there's um really funny like there's a scene where do you know like when like they're, they're doing the uh, the the advert, you know, like called Ghostbusters. Mm. They took several tapes with like different names. Because they didn't know what the film was going to be called. Apparently, one of the, one of those adverts was used as a trailer. Just like, really? Yeah, yeah. I used that as, as one of the trailers, just to yeah. see what it was like with audiences. Um, so this was conceived as a project starring Aykroyd and John Belushi, uh, in which they'll do a tra- adventure through time and space, battling supernatural threats. Following Belushi's death in 1982. Um, Ramis was hired to rewrite the script and set in New York City and make it more realistic. I like it because the ghosts aren't... I think before that, ghost was just kind of seen as just, you know, very haunting, very, like, unsettling kind of uh, depictions. But after this, it's not really scary. It's just a bit comedic. Like, oh, yeah. They, they've like, sacrificed I don't watch... any horror elements for um, comedic zeal. Like, yeah. it, it is so funny. Like, you listen yeah, to, like, it is so funny. Time. And like how like um, Venkman just seems like he just he doesn't believe any of it. He's just going along just to see if he can like make money or like just be mm. more appealing to women. It's so f- fair. Play. But it, it it's not so about good. the ghost though. It's about the lives of these four men. And yeah, really, it's about kind of like a rags to well, not say back to riches, but it's like it's all about. I mean, I got a lot of like themes we could talk about with this film. Oh yeah, a yeah. lot. But it's really just about building your business in uh, Reagan America, really. It's just in, and you know, it's all about kind of the. It's like a, it's a very blue, the blue collar work in New York. It's, it's really, um, 
it is really a film about New York City in the same way Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 1 is a film about New York City. Yes, Spider-Man's the main character, but it's also kind of like a love letter to how great New York City is. That's cool. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I like that. That's really nice. Yeah, and... Um, you know when, like, at the end, like, the, the street gets, like, all destroyed? Yeah. And uh, they they come out, like, you know, it reveals, like, they didn't die, they survived, and all, like, the crowds are, like, cheering them on, like, yeah, Ghostbusters, yeah. Well, you know, if, you think, it's if, nice. you think, if you think about it, okay, so this is 1984, yeah, and yeah. previously um, films set in New York City were kind of, look. I mean, New York went through a really bad financial oh, yeah, um, recession, despair. Right? Yeah. Um, so it was quite gritty, collapsing, crime-ridden. Um, so you had a lot of sh- like films that came out with depicting this kind of like very dystopian, gritty uh, part of New York. I mean, in the seventies, it was awful to live in New York. Like there was a huge, you know, rise of uh, murders and stuff like that. The streets weren't safe. Uh, huge corruption in um, the NYPDs and stuff like that. And obviously, a lot of films were based with that kind of theme, so a backdrop. Yeah. So Taxi Driver is the famous one. When, when was Taxi um, Driver released? 1976. Yeah, they were. Yeah, that's, and then you had good. The Warriors yeah. as well, which came out in 1979. Oh, love that film. And I yeah. think Ghostbusters is like a film that... I mean, it's an anecdote, right? It's an anecdote talk about like yeah. how... It's a, bit more, it's a bit more kind of brighter part of New York, really. And it just looks at that kind of positive New York spirit. Um we'll see how it that changes when it comes to the the second film. Yeah. But um uh, yeah it's really if you watch Taxi Driver and then go watch this, you just see how different it is. Like the whole idea of like kind of the set design, just the shots of the city, the cinematography is very different. And I mean, you know, it's not all it, it, you know, it is kind of like a bit of a rags. It's about you know these these men, like you know, scholar, you know, academics who uh, are kind of seen as not believable and stuff, and society kind of treats them like crap. But that doesn't push them down, and they're able to become same same in the city. It's really nice. It's like it's like that hero that nobody kind of believes is a hero. Like it's like not. Um, you know, you're not you're you're not worth anything. You're gonna be nothing, and then they become like the hero, and they prove all those people wrong. Um, I, I do like it. Um, and you know, like I do like each of these characters, um, especially the four. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't. I mean, with Peter Venkman, I do like him, but at times he does get quite annoying. And well, I mean, he's the likable, like yeah, misogynist, yeah. He? He's a sleaze bag, but he's yeah. like a joker as well. And I think Bill Murray and his ab is improvised lines his added lines oh, yeah. were like done really they well had, like so much fun on this because this was just like <laughs> this was a vehicle for their mates dan Aykroyd. yeah this, this was his film and they just wanted to like bring in like oh yeah just bring in like my mates and just have a, like a fun time it must have been so good to make well i mean in between like coke parties and stuff <laughs> there must have been a lot of coke going around oh yeah well it's, it's the business isn't it <laughs> the 80s man uh, yeah, it was a high on coke. Um, <laughs> so it's uh, yeah. I mean, I do like Dan Aykroyd. He um, people don't think he's a good actor. I don't know what you think about that. Do you think he's I a good disagree. actor? I you think, think he's, he's a great. good actor. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Um, Howard Ramis, obviously, so good as well. Um, 
obviously William Afferton, no, what was it? Ernie Hudson, yeah, Winston Zedemore. So obviously, um, Eddie Murphy was going to come in and play that character, but he decided to drop out and do Beverly Hills Cop instead. Oh, wow. Um, so that's why they brought in uh, Zedemore halfway in the film. And you don't kind of link to our, you don't kind of, I don't know, have a connection with our as much as you do the others. He's just kind of like there. It's like a kind of a side character, really, yeah. rather than the main. Um, but the main focus is on these three, these three men. They all know each other. They're all good friends. You know, and they're trying to start business together and stuff, and you know, and in a time where people don't believe in ghosts and all that, um, very, very funny. I mean, Rick uh, Moranis is just Louis Tully, he's funny. Uh, he's, um, I mean, there's some films I've been hit and miss with him. Uh, like I remember him Honey Shrunk of Kids, and that film was awful to be honest. It's really just, it's such a stupid film. Um, I don't know. I think he's like one of one of the sort of like iconic like eighties actors, especially yeah. You know, um, Spaceballs, you know. <laughs> but he he's was, funny. Um, he's funny in Spaceballs. He's yeah. Barney Rubble in the Flintstones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's absolute class. Like I, I don't know. I I really liked him, and I he, he, um I'm not sure if he um he quit acting to I I'm, damn like was it his his wife went like, was ill so like he he just he stayed like you know to look after his family. I'm yeah, talking out of my ass, but I'm not sure. Um, I think it was, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. He, I don't think he does much anymore. He just, I think he's seen a few really, really bad films. I mean, that's kind of the, it's not like kind of a joke, really. You get, if you like, like when, once I've been doing my kind of like note taking on, like doing a bit of research on these 80s films, you get these secondary characters that are in, but then, if you look at their IMDb, they, they're really, it was really well-known 80s, 90s films. And then they go into these really bad films. Like, they end up coming in that, like, you know, it's really, like, rip-off, bad American Pie films. Yeah, yeah. They always, like, appear in that. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, you it's, know, like, their opportunities sort of, like, come by. You yeah, know? I mean... They I mean just, they're forced know. to just take up just, like, worse opportunities, I suppose. Yeah, and they, they always become, like, oh, I'm that guy in Ghostbusters, you know. Um... But you know, like, well, we we, um, I mean, I like Janine, Annie Potts, Janine. Yeah. she's a funny. We got one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I do like William Affleton as Walter Peck. Yeah, and I, I, I have really you like seen? Yeah. Have you seen that article online? It said Walter Peck was technically right. Yeah, like yeah. he actually was right. He was actually yeah. just doing his job. Look how, but, look how shady the Ghostbusters were. Like they had like essentially like nuclear reactors. Yeah, I, yeah, that is so like dodgy, especially in this day, that day of that time of like the nuclear kind of fear yeah. of nuclear, nuclear war. proliferation. And right? literally got four guys walking around with literally nukes radiation attached but to their like, backs. I, I, I see why people think like he's correct because he has got like he makes some good points, but. You know, he's meant to be the sort of like he's not doing it for the environment. He's doing it for like a purely like a, a bureaucratic reason mm. alone. You know, mm. he, he wants to shut them down just because he thinks like he's yeah. doing a good job. You know, yeah. he's an arsehole. But yeah, like the actor, he's one of those. Um, yeah, what, what's his name? William Atherton. He's yeah. one of those actors who like he he made it his career to play villains, and he does this so deliciously evil. Oh god, he's such a good actor. Even Die Hard, he's that really annoying journalist, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, 
Uh, Thornburg, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and these are the second ones as well. You remind me of um the the he- the the principal from um Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh yeah, yeah, Jeffrey Jones. Yeah, yeah. He reminds me of him so much, like his mannerisms, especially. Like he's just like you could just tell him, like, oh yeah, so um. <laughs> We want Walter Peck just to be like this, like just I don't know, like a slimy sort of bureaucrat, and he's like, "No problem, <laughs> I'll do it now." Oh my god, it's just like I wouldn't say like he's like the true antagonist because he's like a secondary one. You know, we have like uh, Gozer, you know, like this um, interdimensional god or like demon or something. Yeah, well, and she's, not, she's not even a ghost; she's like a like a uh, some like uh, right, Lovecraftian and... sort of entity. And I'm thinking, was Dave Bowie kind of cast him as well? Because why did look? Why is, have she's got a Dave Bowie kind of outfit? <laughs> she it, could have. It could have easily have been David Bowie, right? Yeah. It, look, I'm like, this is David Bowie outfit. Like, yeah. what is going let me, on? Let me just Google it. Right? Gorza, David Bowie. No that, way. Yeah, it comes up. Wait, what's wow. it say? It's um. <laughs> I'm, oh, it's just like it just comes up though. It might be that people think that it's David Bowie. It's that it's like that eighties like punk aesthetic, like um, a Billy Idol sort of look, right? The sort of like um, gelled hair, you know, like the very big hair sort of thing, and like the yeah. androgynous look. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and someone and, like David Bowie like popularized. Because think that I'm thinking this is definitely David yeah. Bowie for the look. It's, it's like what it's, it's otherworldly, right? Like the the actress who portrayed Gorza, I I don't know her name, but it's it's like otherworldly. You know, it's not. It, she doesn't exactly look like a, a male or female. It's like this um, unknown, like unknowable sort of thing. Very you know exotic and strange. Yeah, it's cool. Like you know, um, Wikipedia, uh, Ghostbusters wiki says. It's a Sumerian shape-shifting god of destruction. They are, so it's a shapeshifter. She can take like different forms. Which it's, um, weird. it's yeah. weird how they ask, "Oh, what form do you want me to take?" It's and cool. then, it's, it funny. And then we got that. I was kind of like, "Why?" Like, I, I, well, I, it's like um, I've ever read sort of like um, Dante's like Inferno. It's like punishments are always ironic or like uh, they're poetic punishments. So it's however you lived your life, that's how you'll be punished. And um, we said we were going to touch on the themes. Like one of the themes of this is like um, commercialism. Yeah, yeah. You know, like like ultra capitalism. So it's like you know because we've succumbed to capitalism and commercialism, you you will be destroyed by capitalism and commercialism. That's why so, he got the mask yeah, and the mask. It's a stance, like, you know, yeah. he, he tries to calm his mind. Stay so what path, do? that's it. Yeah, he goes to a corporate logo of a marshmallow that, company. That must have been such just... Um, a I reckon that moment? The company must have put so much money to have that on. Is it real? I think Stay, stay puffed. I think it is real. It's like um, Big Boy. That was real. Big Boy's a, a donut thing, right? Yeah. Stay Puff is... Oh, I don't think... No, I think it's made for the film. Is it? But oh. What a stroke of genius, though. It's so, like... It, it, I, I have that shirt, right? It's like the logo. Like, it's um, Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Yeah, it's... it's um... like... It's so iconic of Ghostbusters, and it's all and it's and it's quite like it's not terrifying. It's like very funny. Yeah, some like kids kind of like but... laugh at, and it's very kid friendly. <laughs> it's um, it's meant to be like um, 
uh, yeah, like a satay or, or a piss take of um, like the Michelin Man or the Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> yeah. If you look at the Pillsbury Doughboy, like yeah, Simpsons yeah. have taken the piss out of it so many times. Like, um, it's funny. I mean, like he, he looks pretty cute until like he faces the Ghostbusters and then he puts on that sort of like really like ugly grimace and he, and he starts to like scream like one of those old fashioned like uh, Godzilla films. It's it's so funny. Like, how, how can you take that seriously? Do you reckon when it blew up? Do you reckon all oh, that marshmallow tastes so nice? Or do you yeah. reckon it, it was definitely I all know foam? It looks like foam. It's like, probably yeah. all foam. Like, you it looks so like delicious. Honestly, I I really like the the sound design. Do you know when um Mr. Stay Puft is is war, um he's crushing like cars and stuff around New York City, <laughs> and like the sound of his feet sounds like marshmallows being crushed. It's so funny. It's so like honestly, like it makes your mouth water. It's so nice. But when we talk about the villains, yeah, I would yeah. say the villains are quite the weak. Quite weak. Then there's no like villains that stand out. They're kind of just, like the villain of the week. It's like, okay, we need like kind of like a villain for this. But the main focus of the story, we, these two films, is on the characters. Yeah, and I mean, the villains just there because we need them to fight like, and stuff like yeah. that. You know, we're not looking for a deep, um, like conflicted characters. Are we as villains? We're looking for like a pulpy, like yeah, it's like an adventure flick. This is you, about the Ghostbusters d- d- destroying evil. You know, saving it's like, the day. It's like ghost. It's like the Goonies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ma and her children. Oh, the Fratelli family. The Fratelli yeah. family. They, they, you know, they're not really great villains. They are iconic. But the main focus is on the kids and their venture, and they're yeah, just like yeah. kind of a there's an obstacle. And and I know, like obviously, when you're like writing a story and stuff for characters, character always needs to have an obstacle in the way in yeah. order to like get to the end, end goal. A foil, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's a foil. Yeah, so they're kind of like the the obstacle that yeah. gets in the way. I mean. I don't really think I, I enjoy the film less because of its lack of complex villains. No, no, I, I don't. I don't. I, I really like the villains, you know. I mean, you don't Walt need Peck to have so iconic. Stay perfect. Um, Goza. I mean, so now... what are the hellhounds called? Um, so you have Zool and Vince Clotho. Yeah, that's it. It's just so funny, right? Don't you think it's like when you're a kid, you don't realize like how like uh, like the sexual innuendos it goes over your head. Oh my! God. I know. We I have know. Um, what is it? Uh, Zool is the uh, the gatekeeper, and Vince Clotho is the keymaster. Like, ring, ring. Like, <laughs> it's so funny, isn't it? Like, I, I, they're I trying love, to fight um, each other. The I love Ackroyd's, it's a montage, and it's like, Ackroyd's having like a dream, and this ghost is like, giving performing fellatio. Yeah! What, what is, a weird, like, choice. Do you know, like, that would not happen now. People would oh, God, so, no, the the no. cowards would get triggered at that scene, wouldn't they? Honestly, <laughs> like, like this is like where I like Ghostbusters, like, and made doing, like, it was, it was very much, um, uh, oh, damn, like, um, what's the word? It was um, a product of his time, and mm. that's not a bad thing. No, it, no. Like, that's comedy, like, and it's not even problematic, right? Like, the comedy, like, is aged, like, fine wine, in my opinion. You know, like, at the beginning, when um, Venkman's testing for, um, uh, oh, damn it, like, um, what's the term? You know, like sort of like psychic abilities. Yeah. And like he's trying to sleep with the girl, so naturally he's going to try and flirt with her and say, like, wow, like you have like extra sensory oh, perception. So and the fun. guy, he's he's just shocking him for that because because it's fun. But oh, like but it's it, so it, funny. It, it, she gets him all wrong and he's yeah. like, Oh yeah, 
you're right. Yeah. And then the guy gets some like he actually gets one right. Just... Yeah. He's <laughs> like, this is not your day. That's, that, that, that's why, like, um, on his door to his office is something like "Burn in Hell, Go to Hell." Yeah. Um, Venkman. Go to Hell, Venkman. Yeah. Because like, yeah, he's an asshole. He's yeah. an asshole. It, it, uh, um, it, it just yeah, it just works so well. Just <laughs> he is annoying, Venkman, but yeah, he is like the light heart of the group. And I mean, Bill Murray just plays him so well. Yeah. I mean, you know, you have like Dan Aykroyd playing the sort of like the hapless but lovable uh, stance, mm. race stance. And yeah, as you said, like the sort of like um, the ghost sex thing is very strange. But like his, it, honestly, like filming that must have been so funny. Like just like um, right, right man, like just saying like, oh, you know, like now make like a big mouth. Now like make your eyes go wide. And, like It must have been so funny to do, honestly. Uh, I think one of the other scenes that must have been so funny to do is when uh, Dana Barrett is trying to seduce Venkman. And it's <laughs> yeah. just like, and, and Venkman's just kind of like, yeah. answers to what he's Wait, saying. Do so you think funny. that's a nice, like, it it twists the narrative on his head? Because yeah, it's... throughout the film, he's been trying to sleep with her. But because he knows that she's not in her right mind, that she's been possessed, he doesn't do it. No, which is yeah. a, a really strange, like, layered thing for someone who we've been introduced as like a sleazebag that like you know he'd sleep with her if she wasn't possessed you know another character <laughs> he's not a bad guy <laughs> you know, yeah exactly you know another character I, I think we should mention also is the mayor Lenny Klotz yeah now yeah. every time I think of the mayor Lenny Klotz I always think of Mayor Quimby from uh, Simpsons <laughs> it's just kind yeah, of okay. like he's, a, he's, he's like a sleazy mayor that like <laughs> Yeah, that, that everyone has to go to to be like, oh yeah, can you authorize this? Has and I love actor it. Actor played like mayors before. Uh, he seems very like very at ease playing that role. Uh, have a look. But uh, I um, I love I love it how Venkman said you like, oh yeah, if uh, if the world comes to an end, there'll be less voters. Brilliant, and he, he just that's gets so good. The guy's like, that's all you want, like. <laughs> So funny. That's so funny, right? Like the world was saved basically because of like political sort of like you know the, these politicians wanted to like win their next election. It's so funny, honestly. It's, it, it takes the piss, and it's it's doing so like unabashedly as well. Yeah, it. it but okay. he, he knows the um, like the whole politics of these people. They don't care about anything. They care about votes, and they. Um, He's, he's played a lot of doctors. That's what I'm reading up right now. Yeah, he played a lot of doctors and lawyers. Um, we got to talk about that. So, um, so the idea is like Lewis Tully's kind of like it's a Jewish character. It's a kind of like a Jewish kind of comedic character because there's a lot of those in the eighties, weren't there? Like, a, yeah, like the stereotypical sort of like he's, he's a lawyer sort of thing yeah yeah and 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 he has his clients and he goes around and he says like oh i've got this off like yeah a sale well, and stuff like that I, like, I wouldn't really say like it's like um uh you know like a caricature well it is a caricature but it's not like taking the piss out of them because like a lot of these people who made like these films were of jewish like by yeah, descent yeah. or background you know it, it's very much like they're taking the piss out of themselves yeah you know self-deprecating I mean, that's cool <laughs> It's just, I don't know. I think it's because, like, there are, like, a lot of successful people that just happen to be Jewish. Yeah. You know, so it's just reflecting, you know, reality. 
And obviously, America has a huge Jewish population as well. Yeah, I mean, it's a successful population. Mm. You know, like, and there is like drive, isn't it, to get like these good, like, well-earning jobs. Yeah. yeah. We're talking about talking about success and like growing jobs in America. Let's talk. Yeah, let's, let's talk about some of the themes. So, I think one of the biggest themes is the capitalism and the private industry. So this is like the uh, this is the era of Republic, Republican, Libertarian, neoliberal ideology, the Reagan era economic economics. I mean, we talked about uh, Robocop last year, how that was kind of like um, literally an allegory of um, the idea that people is product and the idea that companies don't care about people. They care about making money. And Robocop was a... Uh, kind of like a criticism of Reagan's economic policies. I think Ghostbusters is very um, a positive. I think it's very like supportive of the Reagan policies. Just in the film, it focuses on limited government spending regulate. Well, I was talking about this. There's Reagan economics focused on limited government spending and regulation in favor of free market provided by private sector of entrepreneurship profit motifs and individual initiative um so it 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 is supportive of this kind of um small business uh, in america kind of businesses but it's also criticism of government as well the idea that the government hasn't got the power to deal with these supernatural threats they rely on private sector companies company do the work yeah. for them. Yeah. And like sort of like um what was the term? Like entrepreneurship. Mm. Uh, is that is that it? Yeah, sort of like freelancing, you know, sort of like especially like with limited government, they they encourage sort of like entrepreneurship. Um Yeah. Yeah, I mean I'm not really a big fan of like ultra like Reagan Reaganomics or anything, but uh it's definitely evident. I mean you know, like a lot of people were seeing some advantages at the time, especially as you said, like with all of the sort of um, um, the disadvantages of living in the seventies in New York City, and just so happens that Reaganomics was bringing in some, you know, benefits for the people living there. You know, they they wanted to be praised. You know, and maybe if there were some drawbacks, they were willing to sort of you know not accept them. But I don't know. I I I, I haven't really re- um, read a lot into the politics of it. But, no, uh, but a lot of eighties films are kind of based around the, the yeah the the pot you know the economic politics of the time as well as the Cold War as well. Oh yeah, um, you're either on the side of republicanism or on the side of the Democrats. So, yeah. You know, the two parties. What are you a commie? <laughs> commie. So obviously, this was created. Uh, we were talking about at the beginning of a economic recovery, so pure capitalism. And this is a, you know, this film is one of the big, obviously a big theme is economic, but also a, the idea of like economic recovery where New York has kind of brightened up again. It's become New York as people know. Um, and I mean, the second film delves a lot more into what it is to be New Yorker. Um, but this film obviously does, you know, the idea is like, because you think of how many people live in New York and how many businesses have sprung up in New York over, you know, over since the, you know, the mid 19th century in New York, the amount of like immigrants have come in and stuff, setting up businesses, some obviously not surviving the the waves of economic downfall, crises, 
Um, obviously, you had the economic crisis happened in the 70s. Then you had, before that, you had the 1929 Wall Street crash. And then yeah. following that, you had the Black Tuesday crash of 987. So it's really just about, built, you know, it's, it's really just the American dream, the Ghostbusters. Yeah. Well, look, look at their names, right? You know, like, the, the Ghostbusters aren't called, like, Jones, Smith, or Johnson. No. They're called Venkman, Stantz, Spengler, and Zedmore. And yeah. one of them is an African-American. Yeah. You know, it, you know it, yeah, like, I see, like, especially, like, with such a, a diverse and multicultural city as NYC. Yeah, it, just, it, it was meant to showcase, like, the, the, the glamour and, and the grime of the, the city that never sleeps. Yeah. And, uh, and, yeah, I um, think it's a celebration of the, of the city. Another thing we'll talk about. Considering only one uh, shot was actually filmed on location in uh, in New York. Really? Where they filmed yeah. Mesa at? Um, um, I mean, so, it, you know, it, you know it does cost where... a lot to film New York. Yeah. But um, do you know where. Um, oh, I think it was only one, actually. Exterior shots were filmed um, outside like, a very famous pl- um, fire station. It's, it's still a working station today. Yeah. But. Um, it's the one where you know where um, a ghost goes into the exhaust pipe of the taxi. A man goes in there and says, "Like you know, I want to go to blah 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 street," and the camera pans to the driver, and he's a he's a zombie. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That was on location. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, but um, I don't know. Like you'd think there'd be more. Maybe like not with the actors, but like with sort of like B roll or just like with extras or something. They must have done it outside. Um, I look actually. Is it? Oh, the LA, LA. They they film the LA as well. Yeah, because I mean, obviously, like they'll have like prefab like mm. uh, sets and stuff. Ah, damn it, where is it? Um, I'll, I'll look at it real quick. There's um, there's... Well, I, I I've got another point to talk about with the okay. immigrants and the and the pollution because a lot again environmental stuff is still a big. I mean, this has come up to the age of yeah. like where climate change starting to become. Sorry, so more... that firehouse was Firehouse Hook and Ladder Company Eight. They were right. Okay, okay, go out now. That must be um, a well-known uh, start to visit. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it's like the stairs and Joker. Everyone goes to it because it's such an York, iconic. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, we talk about like um, environmental themes as well in the immigration because. Environmental and climate change started becoming a really big issue as well, and you know you had this kind of like don't hoot, hoot don't give you know hoot don't give don't pollute. I can't remember what it actually means. It's a yeah. guy that looks like an owl, dressed as an owl, and like kids, you know, and stuff like you know they, you know it's like another like kids kind of like you know teaching kids oh don't drop your litter, destroy the environment. So Ghostbusters is also about like environmentalism as well. Um, the ghosts are analogs for crime, homelessness, pollution, faltering infrastructure, and public services. Hmm. That's interesting because you know when they when the ghosts are there, they are causing havoc. You know, it's disrupting kind of the flow of everyday life in New York. Um, they represent us of New York's issues with homelessness, ethnic minorities, uh, and this you know. Uh, so the ghosts basically now. You know, wherever Ramis and Akkord were actually intending the ghost to be like ethnic minorities is something different, but this is the themes I've got. This is from like you know, decades of of film scholars reviewing this film and giving their opinion of what it is. Mm. Uh, so the ghosts are once human 
and then they are not acknowledged as such. So not not acknowledged as human, and they are treated as a nuisance that the Ghostbusters transport to less desirable areas. Um, and it's a reflection of. So the idea is reflection of the government sending homeless people to like you know dumping them in like center, central park or like kind of hooverville kind of areas and stuff or like ghettos and stuff uh, like that. i don't know i think um those academics have looked too far into that it's a bit too far yeah. but i thought i may as well pick it up because i see what you yeah think. it is interesting yeah it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting perspective to have but yeah i don't know i i just think they just thought stuff like we want some like ghouls or like you know some really like fan fantastical settings to you know to to combat these ghosts i don't i don't really think like in in fighting the ghosts themselves or like in the character design of the ghosts there was any sort of like socio-political uh aims no i just think like you know stuff like um oh damn like the, the really famous like creature designer for uh, the thing you know stuff yeah. like that you know bring in like these really famous like makeup artists in and just like go to go to town and you know like being like a george lucas sort of thing and just saying like oh yeah we want like that design that looks cool because there's some there's some really weird like designs like there's like um i'm not sure if it's been proven but slimer they reckon was based off um uh john belushi because <laughs> john belushi was meant to star in the original uh yeah that was it yeah or, uh, for this film with yeah. alongside Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, I, I, I mentioned that earlier. And, um, yeah. There's a lot of... I mean, John Belushi has had a bit of kind of... There are people who have some mixed views of John Belushi. Um, yeah. Some people, like, you know, have seen him in kind of like very negative light as well. Like, especially his views on women, women. are quite like... Cause he, I think he said before about like women can't, are, can't be comedians or something like that. Um, yeah. He has some very just. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. So, <laughs> well, that uh, women can't be comedians. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Don't say if that's true or not. I, um, I think that's false. Yeah, but I don't know whether well, he when they actually said it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's I mean, what like, I, I his views are his own. You know, yeah. Like, you got to separate like the art from the artist. You know, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I mean, like. Yeah, I like him, but I haven't seen a lot of his stuff. Like, I've only seen um, Animal House and uh, The Blues Brothers, you know? So I can't really give, like, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not like, an expert on John Belushi or, like, his personal views. I mean, I you know, there's, like, the, the reputation he left behind of, of, of stuff like, oh, yeah, he downed, like, a bottle of whiskey every day on the set of Blues Brothers, you know? Yeah. Hard party and hard living man, you know? You know, definitely yeah. left like a legacy of like, oh, he's a, he's a funny man and all this stuff. But um, I don't know. Like, I I like the Ghostbusters as is. I think like if he was in it, it would have been very different. He had uh, a different. Um... Yeah, he he did have a very just say like, women couldn't be they weren't funny and stuff like that. Yeah. No, I see. yeah, did... <laughs> yeah. He said women are fun to be not funny. Okay. Um... <laughs> But uh, I mean, he did National Lapoon stuff as well, which yeah, yeah, work with Chevy was Chase in, and stuff was like he in that. Caddyshack. Caddy, I think he was Bill Murray's uh, in that and Chevy Chase. Yeah, uh, and that was like a National Lampoon's. Like he was in Animal House, he yeah. was in the Blues Brothers, um, Caddyshack. 
I don't think he was. No, no. Uh, okay. He just is. just look. Yeah. Just look more. He was in Saturday night, Saturday night live. Oh yeah, that's well. where like they, you know started off, wasn't it? Yeah. But um, what do you think of the sort of like the visual effects of the sort of like um, that sort of like it's almost like drawn onto the sort of like film, like past. Was it past? Like it, it looks really strange. Like it reminds me of the effects used in stuff like Krull and uh, and Highlander and stuff. Damn, what, what do they call it? You know about the practical effects for the ghost? No, just... not um, not the actual like effects for the ghost, but the sort of like um, do you know, like sometimes you see that sort of like um, like lightning and like electrical effects? It's all oh, for for do you know, like when the the the, um, the proton packs when they shoot the um the beams, like that that sort of, of, of effect. I, I, how was it called? Damn it! Um, Low budget. <laughs> Oh no! But I don't know. Like it's it's very like um, antiquated. It's very like 80s, yeah. But I think it's quite cute. You know, it's quite like quaint. Very colourful, isn't it? Yeah, very yeah. Light and colourful. So like you, you look at like all the sort of like effects used in like Highlander and stuff, and um, oh, like I, I'm not sure. Like, did Krull use it or whatever? Like it was it was universally used in the eighties. You know, it's proton packs they use. Yeah, and they shoot out that wave of energy. That's basically radiation, isn't it? It's yeah. Out. So that's literally that's literally damaging them and everyone around them. Well, well you think anyways, about it's, just, it's like it's like that. The pop culture idea of like radiation is like, oh yeah, it's like it's harmful, but not if used pro- properly, sort of thing. Whereas <laughs> it is just like dangerous. It's so so basically, dangerous. Ghostbusters Afterlife is like all the all the actors, all the characters dying from radiation poisoning. It's sustained <laughs> over the years of being Ghostbusters. Uh, um. You know, well, you're bursting out high rents of radiation in the, you know, in a secluded zone. Um, <laughs> didn't think about one, did you? Yeah. Um, it's always nitpicks, um, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> there was, um, they brought in a lot of sort of like, um, oh, damn, what was it? So I'm reading here that um, the the zombie cab driver was, um, it was based off. Um, an idea that they had for a puppet in an American warehouse, sorry, an American werewolf in London, which came out in eighty one, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was by um, damn it, uh, Steve Johnson, special effects artist. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm I'm not sure if he designed uh, Slimer. I think I think he did, but um, I don't know. I, I really like the design of um the the um. What they called um, Zool and Vince Clotho, the, the yes. hands. Yeah, they're they're good. They're really cool. But um, I just I I just loved it when they're like he's chasing um, Rick Moranis, uh, Rick yeah. uh, character everywhere. <laughs> the, the, the only thing's funny, or like they go to um, tavern on the green, and he's but they're banging on the windows like help me, help me. And he turns around, and when he's like he just like I don't know sinks down in the window. Everybody's looking silent. And when he just disappears out of view, they just go back to like talking. Yeah, and, and the music like re- resumes. It's so funny. The part where he talk, he's talking to the horse as well. Yeah, and, and the guy's like, "Oh God, you don't talk hey, to buddy. him. <laughs> hey, buddy, you don't talk to him. You talk to yeah. me." Um, <laughs> so like a New York cab driver, in it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh God. Um, anything else you want to talk about with Ghostbusters one before we move on the Ghostbusters two? Um, no. Nah. Just, just that I really like it. I really like it. What would you yeah. give a rating, wise? A good eight out of ten. 
I'd give it a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do like it. It's, I wouldn't say like it's at the top of my 80s films that I can rewatch. Yeah. That's, the thing. that's true. But yeah. if it was on, I would definitely watch it. But like we say, say for example, if I was like, oh, you want to board the house? I'm like, oh, yeah. Want to watch an 80s a, a film? Watchability value is definitely there. And it's, yeah, it's yeah. so liked it. And it's so it wouldn't be on, on my top tier of like no. rewatchable 80s. Yeah, I agree. I agree, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's move on to the the other Ghostbusters 2. I mean, uh, yeah, this is not, uh, we're not doing the reboot of Ghostbusters 2016. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're talking about Ghostbusters 2 and how it's just rewatching it. I realized like, it is quite, again, it's a cult classic. It's one of those sequels that isn't really that bad. I know it's quite bad, but people still like it. Um, but I mean, this came out in what would you call it 1989, and there was a big kind of hiatus because, um, because they had a new uh, what was it? Uh, who uh, did get it up now? So, who's the production company? Uh, Columbia Pictures, that's it. So, Columbia Pictures, um had a new kind of uh, CEO or like, uh, what's it called? They have like a new producer, big producer yeah. came in and he was just kind of like, oh, I don't like these kind of, these kind of fun, lighthearted films and stuff. He apparently didn't enjoy films. So eventually he got replaced with someone else. But by that time, it was, just, it was like in 1987. And apparently the actors didn't get along with each other. So they had to like bring the actors back and, Make make them get to get along again for them to redo his film. So that's why it took mm-hmm. so long for his film to be redone. And yeah. it's such a big difference between this film and the other. It's not that good. Uh, well, again, I, I don't really like how similar it is. It is very similar. It's playing it safe, really. Yeah. It's it's a slapping. It's good. It, to... it doesn't deliver the sort of like like the really good like humor. It's like it's dulled down. Yeah. You know, it's more like I don't know what to say. It's sort of more like corporatized to be for like a family audience instead of the sort of like I don't know, like the cutting humor characterized in the first one. Yeah, I mean, plus like the logo was pretty shit as well. Yeah, and um, peace, man. It 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 opens up in a very weird thing because you have literally uh, Dana Barrett's baby just going down like. A road in New York. Yeah, and it, just, it, it looks so. It's like, oh, this is, and then it cuts then to like, um, then it cuts then to Ghostbusters two. Oh, okay, that's a weird kind mm. of beginning. Um, it's like a baby who gets killed by a car. Yeah. Okay, Ghostbusters two. I, I t- never t- really up. liked as a kid, like watching the scene. You know when like the ghost nanny kidnaps the baby. <laughs> that used to creep me out <laughs> so much, honestly. I think oh, it was no, because, no. like, at the time, like, um, my sister was, like, newly born. So, like, anything like that would just, like, oh, my God, it would, like, disturb me so much. Like, um, what's the thing on Tumblr? Like, uh, childhood trauma? Is that was not kinder trauma. Kinder like, trauma. oh, you know, say goodbye to your happy childhood sort of thing. Yeah, 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 that's it. That's it. I, I was scared of the, of the, you know, in the underground and the spikes with the skulls appear and all the heads. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, oh, okay, this yeah. is definitely a kid's I, film. I really don't like the sort of like, do you know, like the, the putty sort of stuff, like the ectoplasm 
they introduce in, mm. in this, this one. I really don't like that plot at no. all. No. How like it responds to emotions and stuff. I really don't like that. I think right. it could have been done much better. Right. So this is so obviously this is like a five year gap in in the world of Ghostbusters. Yeah. Especially when you when literally it says why is it the, the it comes up with like the law and order theme. You know, the, the, the sound <laughs> yeah. like five years later it's like oh right okay um so basically uh after the events of ghostbusters one uh as the ghostbusters are hailed a series of the city apparently they are sued by every single company interest you know whatever the basically new york in general because they summoned a giant marshmallow man that caused havoc in the city um so they're sued, and so because they've been sued so many times, they have no money to continue their business, so they basically have to close down the Ghostbusters business, and they got on with their life. Um, Venkman is on, like, this psychic show, yeah, which is, is talking about a bunch of crazies who believe the world's going to end in, like, which pretty much the guy, um, Kevin Dunn's character, is true, saying that uh, the world's going to end in the thirty first, nineteen eighty nine, because that does really happen in in this film. Um, nearly does, but uh, Dan Aykroyd is, and Ernie um, Ernie Hudson are like go to children's parties just as Ghostbusters, <laughs> and all the children is like, oh, I want to see He Man, and it's just the cringiest scene. I, not gonna lie, if I was if I was uh, Zedemore, I'll be really pissed off doing the Ghost- Ghostbusters because like, okay, I've quit my job to come work for the Ghostbusters, and now I'm literally probably have no money because they because the business, and now I'm basically just doing doing. <laughs> it's so bad. Why didn't they just like have a Kickstarter for people to fund their legal uh, fees? No, that doesn't work anymore. <laughs> In the eighties, Kickstarter doesn't exist. What what know, is like crypto- a, a public appeal or something? What are you on about? Hands across ca- America what are you on about Christmas cryptocurrency? What are you on about? Um <laughs> Howard uh Egon Spengler is doing just just kind of tests on kids and, yeah, and parents thing. arguing, yeah, doing this weird stuff. Um Dana Barrett's got a kid from another man, which just makes sense for the whole her and Venkman break up and they get back together. Hmm. It's a bit, yeah. that is a stupid thing so basically uh yeah so they get sued and they grab business and they're all like you know doing other things with their lives and then the idea is oh they all come together in the end to like defeat another evil um it's such a stupid thing it's like, oh yeah okay kids you know they enjoy my ghosts but they haven't learned about lawsuits yet have they you know <laughs> the yeah, kids from we gotta have lawsuits and stuff because you know Life isn't easy. You get sued for anything you do. Like, um, and uh, apparently, people don't believe in ghosts anymore. Yeah, right? despite the fact, like, there's New a York giant fucking marshmallow like, land. Yeah. yeah, strange. So, <laughs> if people don't believe in the ghosts anymore, this is. Uh, I mean, I watched an Osage critic do a review of Ghostbusters Two, and he made a good point. And I'm, I'm going to bring this up in this review. Okay, if they. People don't believe in ghosts anymore. Why are they being Why are they being sued if go the go if the courts don't believe ghosts exists? Oh, for damages, isn't it? You know. 
Yeah, but Pro, the, pro, uh, yeah, yeah. but it has to be reason why there's damages. Yeah, but because the ghosts don't, ghosts don't exist. So what, what, what are the ghosts supposed to be sued for? I, I, I really think you're looking too far into this writing. No, I don't think no. the writing is that good. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's supposed to, it's not supposed to be good, but you're supposed to take the piss out of it because it doesn't make sense. Nothing in this film makes sense. Um, I mean, you've had the cr- the, the cringy. Cringy Bill Murray baby relationship. That is that is you know Ghostbusters, and also by the way, yeah, um, it takes thirty two minutes in for them for ghosts to actually appear. Yeah, compared yeah. to the last film where you have the ghosts appear literally straight away. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it, it's it's so so dumb. I do like it, but um, yeah, so. Eventually, they realize this. Like, there is some slime under the city, so they dig a hole in the road in the city, which is just like bizarre in itself. Uh, where they get the equipment from? That's another question. Um, <laughs> so they basically um, they basically find a slime, and there's something about this big picture picture of uh, Vigo, the picture of Vigo. Who is um, played by Wilhelm von Homburg, but is voiced by Max von Sydow? Yeah, because if you hear the voice of Wilhelm von Homburg, it does not sound scary. It's like the guy who plays Darth Vader. Oh, David Prose. Yeah, yeah, and you hear him speak as Darth Vader. It does not sound scary. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, so apparently uh, Wilhelm von Homburg stormed out of the theatre when they wow. were screening, when he found out they dubbed his voice. <laughs> so, um, that's that's quite funny, interesting fact. <laughs> but obviously some of our characters come back as well. I mean, you've got Janine, you've got Louis, who is now becoming an accountant and a lawyer as well. <laughs> um, the mayor is back. Uh, you've got Kurt Fowler as Jack Hardenmeyer. He's not. He's a, a cat actor who's appeared in a few cringy rip-off American Pie films as well. Um, you got uh, Peter McNichol as Janos Poa, and he's probably yeah. one of the funniest characters in the film. Yeah, I mean, I, I like him in sort of like what was he like um, Dracula Dead and Loving It. Um, yeah, in as well. I really yeah, like yeah. that actor. Yeah, yeah, he is quite funny in this, and he's obviously. Comes possessed by Vigo, and he has to go. He's probably find... one of like the, the best like, additions to this film. He he has to go find a child for Vigo to consume, um, not consume, but kind of like put his body possessed or something like that. But it's kind of weird how literally he spends all his time trying to possess Dana Barrett's baby when he could have gone for any other baby in New York. I think that's quite that's a bit stupid. But again, as you said earlier. I'm looking to his plot too much. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, this, I mean, the, there's a lot of like weird stuff like merchandise and stuff like that. You know, Ghostbusters merchandise. It it It's not really, there's not really any funny, really funny scenes, to be honest. Uh, it's just really just, it's really just scenes of this happens and then this happens and then, yeah, this happens again. Um and then the whole idea is why the ghosts are kind of back because New York isn't happy anymore. 
<laughs> so I didn't think of a, a city where there's high rise pollution, crime rates, and people waking up at five o'clock in the morning to go to work for a eight hour shift and coming home, dodge traffic, and then eating their food and go bed, going to ho- bed again. Yeah, I didn't think. Why aren't they happy? Which is such a stupid reason. So it's basically now it's it's like a kind of a hippie style kind of. Everyone should be happy, love each other. Yeah, that, that's, mind, that's like a corporate choice, I think. Bear in mind, this film did come out two years after the 1987 financial crisis, Black Tuesday, <laughs> where a lot of people lost their homes and businesses. But yeah, everyone should be positive. Oh, it's uh, like you know, a corporate choice. Like, oh, I know, I know, but it's, it's so funny to nitpick yeah. it. So. I don't know, I think it was like everybody, like, they, nobody wanted to do this film. No, you could tell. You know, why would you make another Ghostbusters? You know, <laughs> why would you make two more Ghostbuster films? Oh, it's just, I don't know. But, but it's all the same, though, that's the thing. It's the same yeah. thing as the last one. There's no new concepts introduced. It's just like, oh, we've got a new evil. You know, it, I kind of prefer it if they were all together at the start and the whole yeah. thing was them together rather than, oh, we've broken up again. And then, well, same for Venkman and Barrett, but also the, the whole Gus Busters in general. And they're just like, oh, we're back together now. We defeat another evil who just wants to destroy the world, you know? <laughs> and then everybody has to come together and, uh, you know, everyone has to be happy to destroy the evil. <laughs> so goodbye around the campfire. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I don't think it sort of like degrades from the original sort of legacy. If anything, I think it enhances it. How Ghostbusters, the first film, was very much like um, hmm, like a lightning in a bottle. Just you know how how something could be so like random, like you know, essentially, Aunt Dan Aykroyd wanted to do like a weird like comedy about these terminate these exterminators who catch ghosts. And he just brought in his mates, and they just made something which turned out to be massively popular. And you, you know about lightning, very successful. And you know about lightning in the Earth Strikes Twice, does it? Ah, uh, yeah. So this film, this is obviously a couple of reasons. You know, this film was successful. It was like one. I think it was the most successful. Yeah. Comedy of that time, until it's the past later on. But, um, so they were like, okay, we need to make, need to make a sequel because sequels were that big before but now it became just kind of fad like sequels became really big in the late 80s um yeah like i didn't know if you knew about that it's um yeah so it's a... i think it was a push by the old sort of like yeah so... you know, like oh people want familiarity you know they they want a name and something as like iconic as like the ghostbusters logo um, and people saying that and people saying star wars kind of led off the idea that yeah sequels that were successful that's why you had in the same year you had Indiana Jones last Crusade. I was going to say, yeah, Indiana Jones, yeah. Quiet Kid Part Three, Star Trek Five, The Final Frontier, Lethal Weapon Two. Um, so it was a big year for sequels in 1989. Um, yeah, so Ghostbusters wanted a piece of that pie, and uh, yeah, and, um, I mean, dropped the, the fork. <laughs> apart from Indiana Jones and Last Crusade, and maybe Lethal Weapon Two. I mean, those other ones we talked about did not do that well. Quiet Part Three is like that's the one. Wasn't that, is that the one where he goes to Japan? Uh, yeah, the second one is yeah. So what's the third one? Oh no, he fights. Um, um, 
he, he fights, fights um, Terry Silver. Yeah, that's it, Terry Silver. And then Star Trek Five is just I don't know what it is. It's just some the crazy... final frontier. It's where they go and find God and they meet God. Oh, God, yeah. They they actually meet God in Star Trek. Amazing. Um, the, the, the films went off the boil. I I don't really concern myself with those Star Trek films. <laughs> they always say that the the even no the odd films are always the yeah the worst no, ones. The, the even ones are good, right? The evil ones two, four, and six. Yeah, they're good. One, three, and five are yeah. bad. Because like there was that one, right? I think it's like what what's the one where like the, the whales or something show oh, them how the, to get home. That's the fourth. That's the fourth one. That is a good film, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. Oh. I know it's bizarre, <laughs> and that the alien wants to destroy the world because he hasn't heard the sound of whales. It's it's, it's really weird. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it's very strange, oh, well. but um, anyways, uh, yeah. So um, as you know, Ghostbusters two didn't really hit it. Uh, it tried to be playing safe by, or oh, we we do it again and pick up people like new, like the same. But usually, people do like new, like you know, it's kind of like well, if I'm watching Ghostbusters two, and it's the same thing as Ghostbusters one, I may as well watch Ghostbusters one because that's better. And it's the same story as Ghostbusters 2. So, mm. but, you know, it's not really that, it's not really that kind of, you know, I mean, it kind of stalled the franchise after a while, didn't it? Um, and the next one we had was our reboot, which didn't really sit right with the fan base. Um, and now we've got this new one coming out as well. Um which, yeah, as I said before, it had good reviews and stuff like that. Um, and it feels like it's like a proper sequel to Ghostbusters 2. Because obviously we're not, they're not doing Halloween where Ghost only Halloween 1978 is a true film. And then they try and wreck on it. They're not wreck on Ghostbusters um, 2. But, I mean, it's... Again, it's something like if it's on, you watch it. It's it's not it's not good, but it's not. I wouldn't say it's an awful sequel. You know, it's not like I don't know. Something a really really bad sequel that came that's come out um, before in the eighties or nineties. There have been a couple, in it. Um, yeah, um, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't really say like Temple of Doom is that good. Oh no, Temple of Doom is better than this film. Oh yeah, but like as a as sequel goes, like it, it was well, it's a prequel, but you know what I mean. It's like it's a successor to Raiders of the Lost Ark, and it's like, ugh, it's terrible. But with the Indiana Jones films, they always pretty much have the same plot, but it's set the settings different. Yeah, I mean they're, they're pulpy, so they're meant to be like, like okay, like adventurous and stuff. Indiana yeah. Jones is trying to find an artifact, leads him to the artifact, but in the way, he's there are always obstacles in his way. He eventually gets the artifact, and then. He usually just get, loses it, <laughs> pretty much, <laughs> or he doesn't. You get what I mean? So, yeah. but then it's all about the story and the journey and stuff like that. So it's pretty much safe. But I think what made Ghost Temple Doom bad was because it came really violent, and and it just, you know, it's it wasn't really a kids' film, was it? Uh, the oh, no. One. And then they we done that with Last Crusade, which was a bit more of a kids' film. Uh, but I think Spielberg was pushing the boundaries of how much gore he can put into his films. Um, 
how brutal he can make them <laughs> terrifying. I mean, this film has some terrifying moments, like more than the first one. Um, so, but obviously, like, again, it's it's just the same old, really. So, um, have you got any other thoughts to about Ghostbusters 2? Oh, not a lot. It's just... No, I, there's I, not I, much you can say about yeah. it, really. I, I, it was like a chore compared to watching the first one again. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Like, it didn't seem like... like in the first one, like Bill Murray, like doesn't seem like he wants to be there, but it's just like that's just his thing, like his nonchalant attitude. But it's funny, isn't it? But then in the yeah. second one, it just seems like none of them want to do it. They just fall yeah, it's just like in. the pay- it's like the paycheck and the uh, yeah. beyond the camera. I mean, that's being really cynical of me, but I think it's true. Oh yeah, but that's same with me as well. Yeah, I mean, as I said, it doesn't degrade um, the experience of the first one. I think the first one is just it is it is and remains a classic of the eighties. Definitely, you know, it's yeah, probably, definitely. probably one of the most popular. Well, I wouldn't say horror, but like the most popular sort of like spooky sort of Halloween film ever. It's it's its theme is timeless. It's a it's a blend of thrills, comedy, action, and horror. Yeah, because like kids can watch it right with as much enjoyment as adults, mm. and it hasn't got to be the sort of like stereotypical family like very anodyne like family f- flick right mm. like one of these bloody adam sandler garbage trucks you know it's just like <laughs> I, I it's just it's perfect in my opinion first one compared to the second one i'll give the second one a four out of ten in my opinion uh, yeah um let me, let me think right first one i gave like an eight right uh second one uh i don't know I, I, I'd go further than you. I'd just say three. I just did not enjoy it. Like, maybe, like, probably one of the most, like, redeeming qualities is, um, damn, what's his name? Uh, McNichol. Yeah. Danos Poa. Yeah. yeah, he's probably one of the only redeeming qualities, honestly. His addition was quite good. But, um, yeah, that, that it's just, ugh, it's bad. To be fair, I also like the scene, uh, I also like Rick Moranis in this and the scene where he's, he's trying to be a lawyer. Yeah, and he's just he's just lead, I, he's leading the witness. Yeah. <laughs> I I like the um the portrait of Vigo the Carpathian. I think that is like iconic, but uh, it's a shame like how like the characters is like I don't know like some weird faced like what 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 is, he, what is he like just he was like a warlord but now he's just like he possesses a painting like it's really and weird. he wants a child to possess yeah. as well. It's it's really bizarre if anything, um, like he's a, a bad version of the Babadook <laughs> yeah oh pretty much no thought but that. that's a good Babadook point Babadook was a singer want the boy want the boy um, so uh, yeah thank you everyone for tuning in we hope you enjoyed listening to us talk about Ghostbusters as I said earlier follow us on our Instagram page Facebook and Twitter plus all our numerous platforms we are on um, if you go into link trees, all on there. We're on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Google, Overcast, Amazon Music, uh, Radio Public, and Pocket Casts. Uh, can you please, if possible, if you enjoyed this episode, can you please give us a like, follow, review, or share it? It will help us add more content to our channel. We, me, and uh, Welsh both enjoy making it. And uh, if you enjoy, uh, show us your support. Um, yeah, as I said, next week is a week off, and then after that, we could be reviewing Eternals coming out. And then there's going to be a few uh, stuff in November. Um, we're just gearing up for Spider Man, really, so we can be watching a lot of Spider Man films 
we've got the Mark Webb films to watch and the the original that started it all, the Sam Raimi films as well. Um, we've got a few other stuff coming out as well. Um, but that's, uh, that concludes our um, second of Halloween on THCC. And we hope you all have a good Halloween. Um, spook and chills and all that. I'll be in my my. I'll be watching horror films and <laughs> recently drunk in the Superman outfit. Well, not drunk, drunk, but merry. You know. Merry. It's the wrong season to be merry. Wait till December. Busted makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. Yeah. Um, it's a shame you can't. There's no phone booth you could change into. I'll make do. I'll use a public urinal. So yeah, thank you everybody and we'll see you next on the next Hoffee Coffee cast. Bye.